world that is always looking for a quick fix. People are searching everywhere for a miracle, aren't they? To make them rich quick, to make them thin quick, preferably all without too much effort. In fact, whether you realise it or not, the the reality is that all of us are searching for miracles in some way. We search for miracles in our marriages, in our jobs, in our credit card balances. This morning we, we're going to look at a story about a guy who, like many, for, like, like many of us, was searching for a miracle. In fact, he'd been searching for a miracle for 38 years. If you have your Bible with you, turn with me to John chapter 5. Or you can follow along on the screen. We're reading from verse 1 of John chapter 5. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame or paralysed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. So here's the story. Jesus is coming back to Jerusalem and he walks into this area called Bethesda. And at Bethesda there is a pool. And there are hundreds, maybe even thousands, of people who are living with disabilities laying around the pool. And it seemed that people travelled for miles to lay around this pool. So why do people do this? Well, it seems that every now and then the waters in the pool used to bubble. It was probably some sort of hot spring or something like that. But in that time, people believed that whenever the water bubbled, it was because an angel had flown over the water and stirred up the water and made it bubble. And so they believed that the first person that got into the water after the angel stirred it up would receive instant miraculous healing. So people travelled from all over just to sit and wait by the pool on the off chance that just maybe, just maybe I'm going to get the miracle that I've always dreamed of. Now, I don't know whether you've ever thought about it, but all of us live with some sort of disability. Obviously, some disabilities are more difficult and provide more challenges than others, but all of us live with some sort of disability because until eternity, we're all imperfect, aren't we? I have virtually no sight in my left eye. Because when I was four years old, my sister, who was two at the time, threw a piece of glass and it hit me in the eye. And since then, I've been virtually blind in that eye. So when an optometrist says to me, can you read the letters on the chart? Basically, I can see that there's a chart there and that's about it. (laughs) I can't read any of the letters. I'm also completely deaf in my left ear. That's the result of surgery for a brain tumour about five years ago. 
So now all of you are saying, oh, I just thought she was rude. (laughs) No, it's not that. It's just that if you're on my left side, I can't see you or hear you. (laughs) So if you ever think that I'm ignoring you, feel free to do what Ian Dawson did in the shops this week. Oh, yeah, he's here. He jumped in front of my face and said, boo. (laughs) Murray has a bad back. Narell has a bad shoulder. Maybe for you it's arthritis or flat feet or diabetes. We all live with disabilities. But disabilities aren't just physical. They can be spiritual as well. Maybe you're spiritually blind. You're blind to the things of God or to the effect that sin is having on your life. Maybe you're spiritually lame. Maybe your past has left you wounded and you're living with the results of those wounds and so in a way you're kind of just limping through life. The people who were sitting around the pool of Bethesda that day, they were living with disabilities that dramatically hampered their lives. And we all have them. Physical, spiritual, emotional. The question to ask yourself is, what is mine? So Jesus arrives at the pool. Let's see what happens. Verse 6, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? Jesus says, would you like to get well? I wonder why Jesus needed to ask this. For 38 years, this guy's been struggling with his disability. He hasn't been able to have a regular job. He hasn't been able to take care of himself. He's probably needed to have people waiting on him, helping him to do the normal activities of daily living that we all do without thinking. So why would Jesus need to ask him, do you want to get better? We're in the middle of renovating our house and things are a bit of a mess as we try and bit by bit, fix up this house that is very old. At the moment, the dining table is covered with tools, but that's good. There's been times when Lauren's room was out of action and so she had to sleep in the dining room. So this is actually better than then. But the dining room table's covered in tools. The front yard's covered with timber and with piles of gravel. Our front veranda had to be removed because it was falling off and we were afraid that someone was going to fall to their death on our rotten front veranda. A while ago, the tiles in our toilet started falling off the wall and I was actually sitting on the toilet at the time. I nearly lost a foot. (laughs) But they all just went... Murray was actually... Murray's my husband, for those of you who don't know. He was banging on a, on a wall on the other side and he went bang and the tiles went bang. But they all fell off, so we had to remove all the tiles out of our toilet. 
And so our toilet is now just concrete on the floor and on the walls. But there's something that I've noticed. At first, you notice the mess. I don't know if any of you have found this. You go into the toilet and it looks strange and you think, oh, I haven't got any tiles on my wall. It bothers you. But before long, you don't even see it. The mess just becomes part of home. And in some ways, it's a bit like that with living with a disability. My lack of hearing is now just a part of my life. I've learned to adjust to it and I don't notice it as much as when I first lost my hearing. And in that case, that's a good thing. I've learned to be thankful for all that I have, for the fact that I have another good ear. And I try not to dwell on my disability too much. But it can happen with spiritual disabilities too, that we kind of become desensitised to our disability. And when that happens, that's a really dangerous place to be. You can be like that with an addiction. The first few times you drink too much, it upsets you. You feel guilty. You feel bad. But before long, it's just a part of life. You're actually limping through life with this disability. But you don't notice it as much. Maybe your childhood abuse is a disability that's left you limping through life. But you've just learned to live with it. It's part of who you are. Jesus asked the guy by the pool, and he asks us the same question. Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Now, the quick answer is always, of course. Of course I want to get well. But in reality, it's not that simple. See, often we get comfortable with our disability. And we know that getting well can be pretty hard. Losing that weight, getting off the drugs, going to counselling to deal with the issues from your past. It's hard work. And a miracle, a quick fix, would be really nice. But when Jesus says, do you want to get well, often our answer is, to be honest, actually, no. Because it's too hard. It's too scary. And it's been part of my life for too long. So Jesus walks up to the guy and he says to him, do you want to be well? And what does the guy say? He's got the creator of the universe standing in front of him. This is his big chance to experience healing. But look at what he says in verse 7. I can't, sir, the sick man said, because I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. And someone always gets in there ahead of me. Are any of you interactive movie watchers? You know, the people who yell at the screen when you're watching a movie? 
No, don't go in there. Stop, stop. There's danger. <laughs> or I'll just kiss her, would you, for heaven's sake? If this was a movie, Pam, you would be yelling, Jesus is standing there right in front of you. Open your eyes. Yeah, stop making excuses. Psalm 33 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. For he spoke and it came to be. I, I can't do a very good job at explaining how big God is. There's no words really that describe it. He spoke and the universe came into existence. He holds the stars in his hands. He puts all the waters of the oceans in a jar. He knows exactly how many hairs we have on our head. He's all-powerful. There's nothing he cannot do. He's the creator of everything, the sustainer of everything. And he's asking the man, do you want to get well? And the man says, I can't. I can't get into the pool. How big is your God? How big is your God? Do you believe that he is big enough to deal with with your problems, with your past, with your addiction, with your disability. So what does Jesus say to him? Verse 8, Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and he began walking. Jesus looks at him and he says, get up. There's an exclamation mark. He says, pick up your mat and walk. And instantly the man was healed. He picked up his mat and he walked. Jesus didn't ask him. He told him. He said, get up. And the man obeyed. And because he obeyed what God was asking him to do, he experienced the miraculous. He was able to walk. He was able to run. He was able to swim. He was able to climb. There's a common theme throughout scripture. And it's that obedience precedes the miraculous. God told Moses, take off your sandals. And because he took off his sandals, he led the children of Israel out of slavery. God told Noah, go build yourself an ark. And he did it, even though everyone was making fun of him. God told Naaman, go and dip seven times in the river. He was a leper. He obeyed and he was healed. Jesus told Peter, come to me on the water. Peter obeyed. The miraculous happened. He walked on the water. Jesus told the blind man, go and wash the mud off your eyes. He obeyed 
and he was able to see. Our obedience precedes, comes before the miraculous in our lives. So the question is, what is God telling you to do? What is God saying to you? What is he asking you to do? The promise of scripture is, follow him, no matter how hard, no matter how tough. Follow him where he's asking you to go and you will see the miraculous in your life. Jesus says, do you want to be well? Do you want to be free? And if your answer is yes, then ask, what do I need to do? What is Jesus telling me to do? Is he telling you to get rid of the internet? Is he telling you to go to someone and ask for forgiveness or to give someone forgiveness? Is he telling you to stop with the unhealthy junk food? Is he telling you to tithe? Is he telling you to cut up your credit card? Is he telling you to stop putting money into poker machines? Is he telling you to get up early in the morning and spend some regular time with him? Is he telling you to go into ministry? Is he telling you to sell everything and go and live in the slums of Bangkok like the man whose book I'm reading at the moment? Is he telling you to spend more time with your family? Is he telling you to go and get some counselling? Because the promise of scripture is that if you will begin to do what God is telling you to do, you will see the miraculous absolutely explode in your life. Some of you are in desperate need of a miracle. You're struggling with a disability in your life. Maybe you've been struggling with it for years. You've had enough. I want you to know that Jesus can change you. Jesus can change you. He can heal your disability. But you have to remind yourself in the midst of your struggle that God is bigger than your problem. He's the creator. He's big. He loves you. And he cares about you. And you have to be obedient and do what he's telling you to do. You have to be willing to say, yes, God, no matter what it is that you're asking me to do, I will follow you. Whatever it is, I will be obedient. And then you will see the miraculous begin to explode in your life. Do you really, really want to get well? And are you willing to be obedient? Because the creator of the universe 
stands before you. He's big. He's mighty. He knows what you're dealing with. And he loves you. And he says, pick up your mat and walk. Let's pray. Lord, I know there are people here this morning who are struggling. Their past hurts or their choices have left them limping through life. And they need a miracle from you because they can't deal with it in their own strength. For those people, I would pray, Lord, would you give them the courage to say, yes, I want to be well. I want to be free from this thing that is causing me to just limp through life. Help them to know that the creator of the universe is there with them and offers healing. And Lord, I pray that you would show them what it is they need to do or what it is they need to stop doing. Show them clearly, Lord, and give them the courage and the strength to do the hard work of obedience. Lord, we thank you that so many of your people here this morning have known what it is like to be healed and to be free. We look forward to the healing and the freedom that you will bring in the lives of your children. Thank you for the amazing, loving God that you are. Bless your people here, I pray. Amen.